The Money Podcast by best-selling author of Money, Rob Moore, dives into how to make, manage, and master money. How to know more, make more, and give more. How to save, invest, and raise money. The Money Podcast is for anyone who wants to make more money in a job, profession, or passion. For money masters and money disasters. They say money doesn't make you happy. Rob says it does. Hi, it's Rob Moore here, and I have seven uh, cash management strategies, uh, contrarian strategies that certainly uh, people who are struggling with money don't know, and multimillionaires, even billionaires that I've met, they kind of see as normal. Um, so there's a very famous saying, isn't there? Observe the masses and do the opposite. Um, and I think it's very wise to take your financial education, advice, knowledge, experience from people who've actually been there and made the money. And that's why I have this podcast money about all things money. Um, so I have seven ways for you to think differently to the masses to help you manage cash, grow cash, uh, preserve and create wealth and capital. So the first thing is to save for a recession in the previous recession. So um, most people, when there's a recession, they tighten their belt, they spend less, they invest less. But that creates a paradox where you can't grow your wealth because you're restricting your spending. You're restricting your personal um, GDP, if you like. And so I call your personal GDP the economy that you create. If you think about GDP globally or um, nationally, it's the GDP of the um, jurisdiction that it creates, the total volume of money exchanged. Well, your GDP is the total money flow that you create, the employment that you create, the taxation, the income, the multiple streams of income, etc. So what most people do in a recession is spend less, when in fact, it's the best opportunity to invest more because assets will be cheaper. Um, staffing and hiring is likely to be cheaper. Um, living is likely to be cheaper um, because prices are likely to come down. Um, not in all areas, of course, because a recession is an average. Um, so I remember a, a board member, we had a guest board member for a few months in, in Progressive, and he'd been on the board for Aviva, some big companies. Um, and we were maybe three or four years out of the last recession. We kind of just recovered, really. So this must have been seven years ago, maybe six, seven years ago. And he said, chaps, you should be building a war chest and saving for the next recession. And both Mark and I kind of did a double take and, and, and said in, in different ways, we said, well, you know, could be seven or eight or 10 years away. And he said, exactly. So cash is king, as they say. Um, and if you've got cash in a recession, when cars and watches and houses and businesses are all underpriced against the long-term average, then you get to get depre depressed priced assets. You get to value invest. You get to uplift value. I bought a personal development company that was turning globally tens of millions of pounds. I bought it for 5,000 pounds in the recession. Now, there was some liability and debt attached to that. Um, but, you know, that was cheap. That was very, very cheap in the long term um, uh, growth curve. Of course, at the time, there were issues with it. Otherwise, it wouldn't have been cheap. So uh, many people believe the recession is coming. Well, I know it's coming, but it could be way longer than we think. Some people think it'll be straight after Brexit. Some people think it might be two years. It could be three. It could be five. I don't know. You can't stop living and you can't stop investing and you can't stop running your business to wait for the recession. Otherwise, you miss 15 years of, of, of good business um, climate uh, from an economic point of view. But what you can do is incrementally and aggressively save cash in the form of liquid assets or cash or ISAs or stocks 
um, or make sure it's in relatively liquid vehicles so that when the recession does kick in, A, you can buy all these depressed assets, which you'll be so glad you did. Um, I'm just selling two Rolexes at the moment. I like to just sort of move my collection around, keep it moving, keep the, the, the money flowing through it. Um, and I've got Rolexes that I paid £4,000 for that I'll probably get twelve to £15,000 for now. I'm just selling a couple of those. Um, so, you know, that's a pretty good return. But one of the reasons I'm selling them is because I think their prices are quite high. And I think that watch prices could come down because Rolex have been going up and up and up and up. And, up. and I can always buy back in later. And they're not ones I really wear. They're just ones. Um, so, yeah, um, something to think about. Um, you want to be ready for the recession. The next thing is you've got cash to burn. So let's say your business does challenge um, and have difficulties and you know, growing pains and you know, maybe your turnover and your profit go down through a recession. Well, if you've got one, two, five years worth of operating cash that you can burn even without making any sales, then you can ride out the recession uh, when others are probably going to struggle. OK, so this leads to the second point, which is similar um, but different. And that's spend and invest when others are saving and save while others are spending. So um, you want to be investing when asset prices are low. Um, and then when everyone else is investing, when asset prices are high, uh, you probably want to be holding a bit of cash back and waiting. So, again, it's the kind of observe the masses, do the opposite contrarian investing model. The third thing, then, is what many companies and people do as soon as there's a bit of a correction or things get a bit hard. The first expense that they cut is marketing because they see that as a variable cost, not a fixed overhead. Um, I think it's painful for people to let go of staff. I get that. Um, but there are plenty of other costs. If, if your staff is 20 to 30 percent, if your marketing is 20 to 30 percent, there's still 40 percent plus left that you could cut. But I like to think that if there was a correction or recession, I could actually increase the spend in my marketing to get the business that my competitors are leaving behind because they're struggling or, um, you know, their, their business is going down. Um, but people see it as a a discretionary cost or investment. And I don't at all. I think marketing is the most important part of any business. And therefore, your marketing spend is the future revenue. So I would protect that marketing spend at all costs. That doesn't mean to waste money on marketing and not to track money on marketing and just to go, um, you know, and flippantly chuck money all over the place and hope that some of it will stick. You should always track all your marketing spend. Um, but I would look, I hope if I've got enough capital in reserve to ride out a massive recession, which we always try and stash personally and from our, our companies, I would hope that we could maybe even increase our marketing spend. OK, so the fourth thing then is to preserve capital at all costs. So, you know, maybe a lease car instead of a big depreciating one or not spending lumps of cash uh, on things that go down in value like liabilities, even some experiences. People like experiences, but holidays can cost an absolute packet and the cash is gone. Far better to use income from assets um, to buy things and stuff and experiences where the asset keeps kicking the money out every month, whether it's a book asset or ads on your social media channels or a property investment or the um, payment you get from the business that you're in or maybe you even step back from but you're still getting the income so try and preserve the capital elements and only spend the income elements okay the fifth one really really important don't take advice about money from skin people there are millions of skin people out there giving free advice that's worth every penny about money and the rich and what's good and what's not and what you should and shouldn't do and you know, how rich people are evil and greedy and are just power hungry and, you know, how money is somehow bad and coloured and makes changes you and all this kind of stuff. These are people who've never had money. So never take advice from people around money who are skint. And that, by the way, include, does include some professional advisors on money who maybe don't really make a lot or maybe incentivised to offer you certain products or services because of the kickbacks. Not making any personal 
um, criticisms here. I'm just making it general. I believe you should be your own independent financial advisor. You should be your own money manager. I don't think you should give this responsibility to other people. There's nothing wrong with taking advice from smart people who've got the experience. That's very wise. But actually, your own money management and the responsibility to invest, to save, to budget, etc. You know, the products, the investments, um, the income streams, the assets. I believe you should learn all that and manage that yourself and master that yourself. Um, I made that commitment 12 years ago, myself and my business partner. We don't use IFAs. We get uh, advice from people who are very wealthy um, and we try and learn from everyone we can. But we take responsibility of investing our own money and having our own asset building strategies. I think it's vital. Um, I think it should have been taught at school. And I think if you give that to someone else, that's like the giving the responsibility of raising your children to someone else. Because it's like the responsibility of what you eat to someone else. Because, you know, your, your money as well as your health, as well as your you know, your children and, and maybe your well-being. It's right up there. It's really important. OK, finally, then, um, I believe the real benefit of having money and wealth um, is, is not just the experiences and the material items you can bring or even the security that you get or the freedom. I believe it makes you less emotionally volatile and it helps you make better longer term decisions and not rash short term ones because you're doing it because you're skint and you're desperate to get money. So, so many people who don't have a lot of money are making really rash, short-term, desperate decisions because they're desperate to get money and they're doing things they shouldn't do. They're getting sucked into schemes and scams. They're doing things that they don't enjoy because they're just trying to get by. Whereas if you didn't need to get by and you could think about making good, long-term, strategic decisions, then you would make wiser decisions. You'd be less emotionally volatile. You would be more stable, more considered, more strategic and more long-term. And therefore, you would end up having that uh, a compound by making more so um, there you are, seven um, things to think about in managing your own cash. Uh, let me just summarize for them for you because I'm told that the summaries are useful. Save for the recession in, in, the, in well advance of the recession. Um, save for the recession when you're going through the recession. So every sort of like a 15 year cycle plan. Um, spend or invest when others are saving and save or invest when others are spending. Um, cut marketing spend last, um, ideally, uh, and make sure that you don't just, you know, Throw the baby out with the bathwater when you need to reduce your expenses. The next one is preserving capital at all costs. Try and spend money from income, not capital. Um, don't take money advice from skint people, including some professionals. Um, you should be your own money manager, an IFA, independent financial advisor. And then the real benefit of having money is the emotional stability um, and the lack of volatility. Therefore, the lack of um, flippant, emotional, short-term, rash, fear-based decisions. So thank you for tuning in. If you're watching the live, this will actually go on my uh, second podcast. It's called Money. I don't know if you know, I have another podcast. It's called Money. You can find it on Stitcher. You can find it on iTunes. So please do subscribe if you're watching. If you're listening to the Money podcast, um, thank you for being a subscriber. Um, I have a um, Facebook group called the Disruptive Entrepreneur Community, where people from my Disruptive Entrepreneur Facebook group all hang out. I don't know if I've told you about that yet. I'm looking at my recorder like you're a real person. <laughs> Um, but it's Disruptive Entrepreneurs Community. If you search that on Facebook, go join that group. There's what, nearly 17,000. So have a great day. Have a great week. Make sure you take responsibility to learn and earn and own and master your own money uh, for the sake of you and your family and your future. Thank you for tuning in. And remember, if you don't risk anything, you risk it.